Welcome to a special edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKean McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going to be on the IG. On IG, I Make should sure say, sorry. <laughs> Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up our other, other live shows throughout the airing throughout the week. Yeah, but to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Please download that Sports on Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports on Chicago, please find us on all social media platforms. So follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you are a big fan of our work, which I know many of you are, you can follow us on our podcast at War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And while you are at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But even on a special day, which we'll get to in a minute, if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or just flat out doing stuff wrong, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be and beer boot. Bye-bye. I love what she says that. <laughs> but we must remind you before we begin that you can now catch Sports on Chicago also available now on Roku TV. That's right. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If, you're, if you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download the Sports on Chicago app through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC, your Chromebook, like I'm using right here, just download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. And before we begin, we we will be remiss if we didn't mention that today is a special day. It's a the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So we are observed. We observed this day to pay tribute to not only him, but all the other civil rights leaders and movers and shakers that helped shape the country, not just the black community, but the helped shape the United States of America uh, as a whole. Uh, they they fought hard uh, to get some of the civil rights and the freedoms that we we enjoy today. And so and I know there's many people out there that are continuing to fight for not just for. Uh, racial justice, but social and economic uh, justice, not just for black Americans, but for all Americans. So we like to take a moment to um, thank um, um, the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We'll have more on the holiday in the man himself later on the program. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And uh, look, it's great to see everybody you know, tweet those quotes and stuff, but let's live like you know those quotes, shall we? Like, let's actually, like mm -hmm. a, a friend of mine on Twitter said, 
at least let's live with the quotes and not just tweet them every year. So like, let, let's, 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 mm-hmm. you know, do right by that and actually, you know, put our money where our mouth is and such. Agreed. All right, Sid, you know, we had a super wild card weekend. I said super wild card weekend. Super! Uh, <laughs> Super wild card weekend, you know, we are right back at you, Lamont, you know, buddy Lamont, Scott, commenting on our Facebook page. So, yeah, so let's recap. Uh, where, do you want to start with you know, yesterday's uh, games or do you want to go with, with Saturday's games first? We'll where do the Saturday start? games first. All right, let's do the Saturday's games. And the, really, like, the it was a wild, uh, super wild card weekend as you, as you know, look, as it usually is here in the NFL. Now, first if, uh, is... Mm. Excuse me, had two old NFC West rivals uh, duking it out as San Francisco uh, pulled away from Seattle 41 23. Brock Purdy, you know, that, that's Sid Sky now, apparently. I told uh, you. Know, <laughs> look, I mean, prove to look. I mean, the bright lights, look, he hasn't been, you know, the tourist so far, and he's not, you know, done just that. He had, he was 18 for, uh, for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. You know, he had a lot of help from. Some of his uh, some of his guys. He also had a rushing touchdown as well. Debo Samuel, who had uh, who led the team in rushing with 133 receiving yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey also each had a uh, had a, a touchdown catch. And the defense was actually you know pretty solid. They sacked quarterback Geno Smith three times. Trey Greenlaw led the way in sacks with uh, I mean in tackles I should say with uh, eight with 11 tackles total. Now a solid you know showing and losing effort by the Seahawks. So 253 yards. For Geno Smith and two touchdowns, uh, Kenneth Walker Jr. had a touchdown that you know got uh, San Fran on the board. But you didn't really hear too much from him in the second half. Although DK, DK Metcalf, you know, look, there's a reason why he went to a couple of uh, you know Pro Bowls, folks. He's been, I think, he's going to like his fourth. He had 136 yards and two TDs in their way, but it wasn't in the in the game. But it wasn't enough as San Francisco uh, got their 11th uh, win in a row, the longest uh, in the NFL, longest uh, win streak in the NFL, I should say. So, Sid, what did you think about this game? Because this was a little bit, for once, was a little bit closer than a lot of people thought that it would be. But, you know, San Francisco was just a better team and they were able to pull away late. Yeah, you pretty much uh, took the words right out of my hand, Lakina. Uh, it was a very close first half. As you said, uh, Seattle led it by one. But I never really got that feeling that they were going to take over the- take over uh, the game and grab the lead. Of course, the 49ers exploded with 18 points in the fourth quarter, uh, 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter before Seattle scored their late touchdown uh, to cut into that uh, big lead. But as as you mentioned, Seattle, they were very active early, especially uh, defensively. Uh, Defensively, they made some adjustments in that second quarter after San Francisco put up 10 points to start the game. But uh, Brock Purdy, as you mentioned, he had – Four uh, four touchdowns, three of them of them, of them passing. Uh, he, as we said before, uh, the playbook is 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 slammed down for him, and he doesn't have to do too much. Like you said, the running game took care of that. Christian McCaffrey uh, was the man for San Francisco, and that, and that's San Francisco game plan. And I like they did when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Keep grinding down your opponents with the running game. Let the defense brand and, and eventually break uh, with a couple of play action passes. And that's what we saw with from Debo Samuel. And it's nice to see George Kittle with a touchdown again. We saw that in the fourth quarter. So that's San Francisco's game plan. On the flip side for Seattle, as you mentioned, Kenneth Walker, the, the third, uh, he had the early touchdown, but the 49ers defense shut him down after that. DK Metcalf was mm-hmm. the only one that did anything from the receiving side of things. But outside of that, Geno Smith, uh, Pressure really got to him, especially in that third quarter, you know, in which the 49ers forced a couple of turnovers and a bunch of three and outs. So uh, give Seattle credit there. 
uh, for hanging in, as we, as we told you on Friday, because these are two divisional rivals. It's hard to beat an opponent three times in one season. Mm -hmm. San Francisco did that, but it was going to be closer than what people uh, thought, but it, it took a big fourth quarter for the 49ers to pull away. Yeah, it really did. 18 ers like you said, said also to uh, Purdy because, you know, you know, the first play with multiple TD passes and a rushing TD in his playoff debut since, of course, did it did in 2012 um, against the Packers. But he's also, I'm talking about Purdy, is also the first working QB to do that and win their first playoff start since Russell Wilson did in 2012 in, in that wild card uh, round against Washington. So, look, I think, look, we all thought that it was going to be a blowout. I mean, look, these two teams know each other. And, you know, look, I mean, the, the first year was actually pretty close you know, between these two. So these two knew, knew, knew each other well. And, look, they were kind of, like, right there for a ticket. So it's it going to be, you know, it actually turned out to be a pretty, you know, exciting game up until the fourth quarter when uh, San mm -hmm. Fran, you know, kicked it up a notch and pulled away. So it was actually a, a really solid game in that sense. And so, uh, yeah, so San Fran will host either the winner of tonight's game, you know, at, you know, Dallas and Tampa Bay will get to preview that after the break. But, you know, mm -hmm. I think that was, a it was, you know, a pretty exciting uh first game i have to say so you know i'm a little surprised that it was actually you know closer than a lot of people thought but it actually ended up being a pretty entertaining game yeah and give credit to san francisco 49ers defense five tackles for losses and three stacks as well as we talked about uh during the season lakina that the san francisco mm -hmm. uh, defense is one of the best defensive units in the league and they showed that on saturday now on the flip side uh, for the seahawks defense uh, another to write home about yes they had eight tackles for losses but they produce one sack give credit to that offensive line for san francisco to keep brock purdy upright and you saw san francisco's office uh, operate like a well-oiled machine as our buddy lamont's got and we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks you know what should san fran do if jimmy g is ready for the nfc you know title game now there were rumors that his first game back you know that would be eligible to come back for would be the mm -hmm. nfc title game so i would say you know stick with purdy but if he it does get a little bit, you know, and to start making the rookie mistakes. You probably mm -hmm. put Jimmy G, Jimmy G is since he has experience playing this title game. You know, they actually went to the, to the Super Bowl when they won it, you know, a couple of years ago. So it'll be interesting to see there. But yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Shan, it, I'm sure Kyle, Kyle Shan will worry about that. He'll cross that bridge when, when they get to it or if they ever get to it. You listen to Second City Sports on a special edition, the MLK Day edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're breaking down Super Wild Card Weekend. The action from uh, this past weekend, uh, we're reviewing the Saturday uh, contest. Of course, the 49ers took care of the Seahawks 41-23. Uh, to Let's review the AFC Saturday Night Wild Card game that took oh, place boy. in Jacksonville, Florida. The Jaguars come from behind to beat the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, yeah. as we call them on this show. The Jaguars uh, complete the 27-7 deficit, uh, completing the third largest comeback in NFL history, in NFL playoff history, defeating the Chargers 31-30. Trevor Lawrence, 28-47, 288 yards, four touchdown passes, but three interceptions in the first half. Travis Etienne, for the Jaguars, 20 carries, 109 yards. And Gerald Everett, the tight end for the Chargers, the Chargers, as Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. would say, six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, this was one of those games where you thought the game was over with, but, mm -hmm. you know, the Jags, you know, kept itching, itching closer, and they were able to pull it off. So, you know, they're the first team to win a playoff game with a, a minus five turnover margin or even worse. You know, they were – teams were always 16, you know, in that situation, mm -hmm. you know, prior to that tonight. Uh, to Saturday night, I should say, uh, they all, they were just 4.5% of the time, you know, going 29, 670, and 
five for the turnover margin of that, you know, that particular margin. Mm-hmm. That's counting both regular season and the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to, you know, overcome that, I think that's come to coaching too with Doug Peterson. I mean, this isn't the first rodeo in the playoffs. Remember, he had a Super Bowl reign with Philly. So mm-hmm. I'm sure once they got that big lead, 27 to 7, in the halftime, you probably thought, I don't know, you know, they're being very quiet as to what was said in, at halftime. But it, it's sort of one of those things where I think both could be true. Did the Jaguars, you know, come back and win? You know, give you know, Trevor Warren's credit. He settled down. Apparently, he's look, he's now undefeated on Saturdays. So I guess people <laughs> wanted to, you know, going back to his days at Clemson, of course. But, you know, that's a whole you know, different uh, thing, of course. You know, they, gave the, they started giving the ball to Etienne. You know, he got big yards to move the chains. You know, he was, you know, Lawrence was starting, he was starting, you know, got comfortable and started, you know, passing the, the uh, you know, with a little bit more confidence because you didn't really see in the first half. That's why he got those four interceptions total. Three of those interceptions were to Asante Samuel Jr. Now, you know, we saw his dad do that a few times in the playoffs. So we getting old, Lakina. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, God, you know, time flies. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, the, the, the Jags were able to overcome that. But like I said, I mean, the Jack, this is much of the Jags winning and the Chargers pretty, you know, probably losing because they got very conservative. You know, they got a little rattle. You know, Joey Bosa and his behavior, we'll get to him in a second. But mm-hmm. it just felt like, you know, yeah, both, yeah, Jags, you know, give them credit for coming back. But the Chargers lost that game too. Both things can't be true. In that first half, the Chargers defense confused Trevor Lawrence with some uh, disguises, some uh, different coverages, and they blitzed them uh, a quarter of the time as well. And that's how uh, they uh, picked off Trevor Lawrence three times in that first half, and they created some sacks uh, as well. And Trevor Lawrence being, like I said, his first playoff game, of course, the Chargers uh, ended up with two sacks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know he was nervous. And you play in front of a, a home crowd that's behind you. You're on national television, obviously. You just played a quote-unquote playoff game last week to uh, to uh, get into the playoffs by winning your division. And now you, uh, the, you're the only game in town uh, on that day. So, like you said, those nerves had to be kicking in a little bit. And so, like you said, that's – why Doug Peterson is there right now as, as, as the head coach. And so you had to have a veteran head coach to guide some of these young guys, teach them lessons, hope they can uh, grow up fast. And they had to go through some of these things to uh, gain that experience. Like you said, in the second half, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence settled down. He was able to pick that Chargers defense apart. Like you said, they got conservative in that second half. You, they weren't running the ball with Austin Eckler like they were in the first half. You know, Eckler didn't have, doesn't have the, didn't have the yards. He, does, he did get the two touchdowns, but they weren't running the ball effectively in, the, in that second half. They were rolling out Justin Herbert a little bit too much, and so mm-hmm. they got predictable, and the Jaguars got more aggressive offensively in that second half as well, and they took advantage of it. Yeah, the defense, you know, I think the Jaguars kind of knew that where Herbert was throwing the ball too. And also not having Mike Williams. I mean, look, he got a, you know, a fracture in his back and he wasn't able to play. You know, thanks a lot for playing that game against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we'll get to that, that on the other side of his break. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't look good. And also, too, like you said, only 35 uh, rushing yards for Eckler. And I think he only got the ball, I think, like once in the second half. So, like, mm-hmm. they should, you know, depend on him a little bit more. So, I, I felt like, you know, the whole game plan, I don't know what happened. They got that other foot of the gas. The Jaguars, I mean, the Chargers did. They give the Jaguars credit for not, you know, giving up. But like I said, that's a testament to their coach. So I think all those things are kind of intertwining here. And I see we got a couple of comments from our buddy Lamont. If they don't, if they don't fire the head coach, should they get a new OC? Well, mm, hmm. uh, shoot. Ah, uh, uh, hmm. 
you know, asking you know, let's take about it over the break <laughs> you know, i'll say yeah we will we'll do that we're, we're up against it so we better take that break that, that breaks it <laughs> yeah more of a review from action from wildcard weekend following this timeout and we'll have our studs and duds from the weekend games as well and we'll give you a preview of tonight's uh super wildcard weekend finale between the dallas cowboys and the tampa bay buccaneers who will play the san francisco 49ers in the bay next sunday afternoon We'll give you the preview of that and a whole lot more as you're listening to the special MLK Day edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to a special edition of Second City Sports, the Monday edition, the MLK Day edition, real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Sakina. We have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, before we headed to break, our buddy Lamont Scott asked if the L.A. Chargers don't fire their head coach, Brandon Saley, should they get a new O.C.? I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. If that's, if, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's not going to be the popular move, but I think there'll be a move to keep everyone at bay because I know the rumor mill uh, has it that Sean Payton, who's now working for Fox, uh, that he'll take over as the, the Chargers head coach should the Chargers make the move within the next uh, couple of days or so. But if Sean Payton's not going to become the new head coach, he'll probably fire the OC. Someone's unfortunately going to have to take the blame. You cannot fire all the players. So that's the business of professional sports. Well, it's one of those things where you you know, you know think that that was just a bonehead move. Like, I know, I know Atlanta fans, Atlanta Falcons fans want to say, hey, look, you know, can we be off the hook? Look, you guys did it in the Super Bowl. They did it in a, a, a super wild card weekend game. This is like not the first time either. I think it's right up there with you know Frank Wright, you know, leading Buffalo back after the the the, the then Houston Oilers went up big. You know, there were a couple other cases in recent years where mm-hmm. there were big leads and like you just yeah you know, now you just join you know that join that uh, the, that part. So sorry, Atlanta fans, you, you did in the Super Bowl. So sorry, you're not going to get <laughs> let off the hook just because you know, the Chargers were the latest to do it. So. It's all about you know timing and and such. Now, I mean, I, th- I think Staley needs to get the brunt the brunt of this because I feel like a lot of stuff could have been avoided. The Mike you know Williams injury against Denver could have been avoided. This could have been mm-hmm. avoided. It, it, he could have made a big just, difference on Saturday. He really could have. Yeah, he could have moved the chains and everything else. So yeah, I think people need to just. I, I know I saw the the report that you know Justin Herbert and some of the other players kind of you know took you know Brandon Staley's side, but. Someone's got to take the blame, and look, the OC. I, I think, yeah, you probably it's easy to blame the OC in this case, but the head coach is the one that really makes the big move. So this might be one case where mm, it might be more of the head coach player. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of days with the Chargers. All right, let's move over to the action uh, triple header from yesterday's games, and we'll start off in the AFC where the Buffalo Bills uh, nearly escaped a, a, a tragic disaster, no pun intended, especially what that organization has been through the last couple of weeks. Uh, they they hold they hold on to beat the Miami Dolphins thirty one to thirty four to thirty one. Excuse me, if you had the Bills in plus uh, thirteen. You lost. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins uh, put up a good fight uh, in that second quarter, scoring 17, uh, 17 points. Uh, they hung around with the they hung around with the Bills in that third quarter, but uh, the Bills uh, barely hung on in that fourth quarter. Gabe Davis, uh, Gabriel Davis, remember he had a big game last year against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes another uh, great touchdown catch with his toes uh, 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 tapping in the right corner in the end zone. Uh, during that game, Josh Allen for Buffalo was 23 of 39 for 352 yards and three touchdowns and two interceptions. Devin Singletary, 10 carries for 48 yards. And Stefan Diggs for Buffalo, seven catches, 114 yards. Yeah, let the lead, let the team in receiving, even though he didn't.
Yeah, on the flip side for the Miami Dolphins, Skylar Thompson was 18 to 45. He had a touchdown and two in in interceptions. Uh, he he looked kind of rattled in his first playoff game. Remember, no Teddy Bridgewater, no Tua Tonga Valova. And so Skylar Thompson tried to hold his own, but the statistics didn't bear that out. In the running back department for the Dolphins, Jeff Wilson, who got the start over Raheem Moser, he had 10 carries for 23 yards. He also had a touchdown. Tyreek Hill uh, for the Dolphins had seven catches for 69 yards and, and no touchdowns. The only receiver's touchdown was tight end Mike Gusecki. He had two catches just for 15 yards. Lakina, before you froze, uh, you were finishing up your point on Buffalo. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Sorry, we're having like some Wi-Fi issues. So uh, sorry about that, folks. But uh, but yeah, as I was uh, as I was uh, I was you know he had Josh Allen had three turnovers, uh, including two interceptions and a fumble. So mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the reason that's the reason why the game was so close was because of those ill-advised turnovers and unfortunately Allen you know as great as he is that's still kind of like a big you know hiccup in his game he really needs to clean that up now look give give Miami credit I mean look Skylar Thompson you know look he had an interception but he ended up throwing for two touchdowns and you know got Miami back in it so I, I would say you know next year I mean Mike Medale has a big decision to make so and it's you know, playoff debut. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe, you know, that that's, you know, that they, they'll, they'll probably figure it out there. But yeah, I mean, they didn't run the ball very much. I'm talking about Miami. They mm-hmm. could have, you know, let Jeff, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Tyreek Hill kind of rush the, the ball maybe a little bit more. Maybe they could have had a shot and, you know, put themselves in a position to get a shot to win uh, that game and perhaps, or maybe even tie at the very least or force overtime. But look, you know, Buffalo made the big plays when they had to. So give them credit for that. Also, on the flip side, give Miami's defense credit as well. That, that was the main reason why they hung in the ball game, as you mentioned, of um, creating a, uh, interceptions from, from Josh Allen. And they also forced seven sacks as well. If you're Buffalo going to next week's uh, matchup against uh, their uh, uh, opponent, which we'll talk about later on in the segment, uh, they're off, they have offensive line issues, and we usually don't associate that with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, it was a big problem yesterday. They had to share that up for their playoff game next week. So, but like you said, the, those big plays was the difference in the game, uh, Lakina, for Buffalo. Uh, they did not play a clean game yesterday. I know they jumped out to their early lead, but they let their foot off the gas and it almost cost them. But they should be lucky uh, to be in the playoffs right now. I'm talking about going to the next round of the playoffs right now. Well, and you know, the team they're actually going to be playing, they also, they have O-line issues too. So, well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Now going into, mm-hmm. going to the NFC first, a second here with the second game of the, of the triple header, the, the Giants, you know, look, we, we all said that there were, if there was going to be an upset, this would probably be the, uh, the one mm-hmm. that would do it. And that ended up happening. Uh, the Giants beat the Vikings 31, 24 in uh, kind of a payback for what happened a couple of weeks ago when the Vikings just uh, edged them out. Uh, Dale mm-hmm. Jones had two touchdown passes, 301, Receiving yards. Um, Isaiah Hodgins had his uh, had a touchdown. You know, let the, the team receiving. On the flip side, though, Kirk Cousins for two hundred seventy-three yards and two touchdowns. Uh, defense was not a you know, let's say need not apply in this game as a very high-scoring game. Although the Giants, <laughs> you know, did you know did enough to kind of move the chains and made some big plays. Give Jones credit for you know making those big you know plays and his guys making those big catches. But also give the defense. The defense for the Giants credit too. I mean, Adoree Jackson, his first, you know, just the second game back after being out for a few weeks. You know, he made mm-hmm. some big uh breakups there. Um, Xavier McKinney had some uh big plays as well. But I think Lawrence in uh Thibodeau too. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. so Kelvin Thibodeau, of course, the rookie who I love from Oregon. So they made some big plays. But again, you know, again, we'll get we'll get, we'll get to what does and does, but 
what the heck was Minnesota doing in that last play? Again, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, at fourth and eight, yo, Kirk Cousins threw the ball short to Hawkins, TJ Hawkinson, who had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Three, you know, only three yards. They needed five more. He was, of course, you know, I, don't know, I forgot that who it was. I think that might have been uh, Jackson who tackled them, but it was just like, really? Really, Minnesota? That that was the best you could do on fourth and eight? I mean, that that was just like, just a terrible uh, <laughs> display there. And like, But you got to give the Giants credit. I mean, look, a lot of people mm-hmm. thought that, you know, that they were going to, some people thought that they were they were going to, you know, win that game, unfortunately, that they thought that Minnesota would get the handle on it. I know people have said that Minnesota has been, you know, all season long have been frauds. But and I guess maybe, you know, they were right. You know, they were, you know, 13 mm-hmm. or four, but yet they end up losing in a, in a wild card game at home. But uh give the Giants credit for uh for stepping up and uh doing what they need to do to win. Well, what did we talk about on Friday, Lakina? My two keys to the game was for the Minnesota defense, can you keep Daniel Jones, limit Daniel Jones's mobility? The answer was no, because Daniel Jones ran the ball 17 times for 78 yards. And my other key was can Kirk Cousins avoid making the big mistake? I know that he uh, he didn't have any uh, turnovers, but you mentioned that fourth down and three uh, the, uh, uh, and eight play eight. only threw the ball uh, three uh, for three yards. Like Hawkinson trying to uh, outrun for the rest. That's just what's the smart. We said that Kirk Cousins was prone to uh, to the big mistake uh, in a crucial time of the game, uh, and, and that was in. That's what unfortunately cost him the ball game. On the other uh, on staying with the Vikings offense, only sixty yards for Dalvin Cook. He was MIA for that game. He only had 15 carries for 60 yards. And Justin Jefferson, I, I know that it was a great uh, job by the Giants defensive coordinator uh, uh, to uh, limit him to only seven catches for 47 yards. And Adam Finley had three catches for 50. But give New York Giants head coach Brian Dable credit, who came from Buffalo system. He he used Daniel Jones uh, like he used used Josh Allen for the last couple of years that he was working there before he became the head coach of the Giants. He basically took the Buffalo Bills playbook and put it on the New York Giants and they worked to perfection yesterday. Oh, what's up, Brandon? How are you? We're doing good. Uh, you know, Judge only had like four receiving yards. I mean, that's the third fewest, you know, receiving yards he, in his mm-hmm. career that he's had when he ran a route. So, you know, yeah, you give them, give the, you know, them credit for, you know, taming, you know, that him and, and, uh, Thielen as well, but yeah, they should have mm-hmm. ran the ball more with, with cook. I mean, he, he made some big yards. So I, I you know, he's actually just a little over four, so I don't understand why they didn't, you know, try they didn't use Cook more or try to use the running game more because you know they could have you know moved the chains and look, you know, Kirk Cousins like hey, they picked the wrong time to be Kirk Cousins. So I, yeah. I don't know what else to uh, to tell you guys, but yeah, I mean it, it was just you know, look you give the Giants the credit, but the Vikings I think the Vikings you, you you know not literally but figuratively shot themselves in the foot with some of the play calls, but uh you know it is what it is when it comes yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah, on the flip side for the Giants' office, Saquon Barkley didn't have the yards because his quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones took up majority of the yards, but Saquon had two touchdowns. We told you he was going to be the key uh, for that Giants office to uh, for that engine to go, and he was. He didn't get the yards, but he got the two touchdowns uh, for the Giants. And also, too, you mentioned Isaiah Hodges, and then it looks like they have a tight end named the rookie tight end named Daniel Bellinger. He caught a touchdown mm-hmm. pass yesterday, but the Giants defense uh, uh, came to play. They didn't sack Kirk Cousins, but they had a total of five tackles for losses in. And they, they did put some pressure on Cook because they just couldn't bring him down, but they confused him all day, especially in that second half. You got that feeling, Lakina, that one big turnover uh, was going to be the difference in the game. I think Kevin Burkhardt from Fox said it on the broadcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was it looked like it was going to be whoever had the ball last. 
And that's exactly yeah. how it turned out. Well, yeah, I mean, look, well, Barkley had that big uh, touchdown uh, run, so that that you know sealed the game for the Giants and that go ahead mm-hmm. touchdown, so that that sort of you know was the end for the Vikings. And and like you know, Bert, like Kevin said, I mean, there were no turnovers. I mean, where was the aggression from the the Vikings defense? You know, where was Patrick Peterson? Uh, where was Darius Smith? I mean, in Harrison yeah. Smith, I Duke mean, Shelley, the former Bear. <laughs> exactly. Well, mm, <laughs> I know. I know I know, I know Jalen Johnson had a little bit of issue with Duke Shelley did you know, a couple of weeks ago with yeah. you know, that last regular season game, but that doesn't do here nor there right now. But yeah, where were those guys as, as we were talking about? I mean, where were those guys being more aggressive? I know Jones was hitting the ball, but where was that pass rush? Where was Patrick Peterson? It, it It's just like Minnesota could easily won this game, but I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just feels like the Giants won the game. Well, the Vikings lost the game more than the Giants won it. That's just for me. But yeah, I mean, look, you're the, you're the, you know, Dave O'Quinn, like I said, I mean, we'll see if people will figure it out because he did, you know, bring that playbook and look who they face next week. They play, they're going to play Philadelphia next week. So, you know, they're not going to be fooled, fooled by anything the Giants yeah. right because they've already faced each other twice. These are all NFC West rivals. So, East, NFC East rivals, I should say. So, yeah, should be a Before fun get one to- there. Yeah, before we get to our next game, our, our buddy Lamar had a comment that I just posted up. He says, Daniel Jones has played his way into a big contract. I don't know how big, but I'm sure he's going to play his way into uh, a two-year or three-year deal with an option for a fourth. Uh, I think that – is he a franchise quarterback uh, outside those years? I'm not sure, but he is going to get paid this offseason one way or another. <laughs> he's well, not going to get a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray contract, no, but – I can see the Giants giving a two-year or three-year deal. I definitely yeah, can see that. Yeah, and sure, and I, yeah, I'm, let I'm me sure. say this. Heaven forbid, I'm using air quotes, heaven forbid that he's the reason why they beat the beat the Philadelphia Eagles next Saturday night. Yes. Ooh, his price tag is going to go up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I said. That's and it's good for him, him personally. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, 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 good for him. I know that, you know, people were, there were some, you know, a polarizing, you know, figure when he got, you know, drafted, you know, number three. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, look, let, let's wait first until we see if he does beat Philly. Okay, I will say a big contract or at least get a little bit of a bump in salary. But let's mm-hmm. wait right now. I mean, look, I mean, the, like I said, the Eagles could, you know, have he throw two picks against the Eagles next uh, next week. So we just yeah. let, let, let let's hold off on that now. Let's go into going to sissy for this uh, last game. You know that that was played um, yesterday. Uh, the Bengals. Beat the you know, their AFC North rival Baltimore Ravens 24-17. Um, yeah, this is a very strange game. You know, Joe Burrow threw, threw for 209 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon rushed for only 39 yards, but uh, Tyler Huntley, a solid, you know, a solid showing by him. 226 yards, two touchdowns, but an interception. J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins, we'll get to him in a second because he uh, had some comments after the game, and I think he might have been right about uh, something. You know, no touchdowns. Um, the defense, look, the defense did what they, you know, what they, what they could. I mean, but it was Sam Hubbard. You know, go, you know, give the Logan, Logan was the, the credit for showing the, uh, for, uh, you know, fumbling the ball. But it was Sam Hubbard who, ninety-eight yards, you know, fumble recovery for a touchdown, a scoop and score that broke the game wide open. That ended up being the go-ahead uh, TD for them. That's the longest fumble return in playoff history. You know, preceded by Andy Russell, who did it back all the way back in 1975 against the Baltimore Colts. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go figure with that one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, Baltimore's on the wrong side. And the, and the, and the Raiders are also the second team in the last 15 seasons to lose a playoff game when they ran for 100 plus, 150 plus yards, I should say, but allowed 150 fewer. They allowed fewer than, than 250 yards by losing the game. So just a strange game all around between these two rivals. But yeah, what'd you expect? Yeah, as we said, it was uh, this, this was going to be a, a close, ugly game because these are the uh, 
two teams in the AFC North. They know each other. They're familiar familiar with each other. If you had Cincinnati minus a nine, you lost. <laughs> Thank goodness I didn't bet. But that's besides the point. But uh, since, like you said, sometimes when you're not playing well and you need other people, you need other uh, factors to take place. You need other people to step up. Like you said, that's what Sam Hubbard did uh, from the defensive side. Now, the Bengals got it going uh, in that second half offensively. They only muster up uh, not, uh, three field goals in that first half. Like you said, Joe Burrow uh, had his worst game of the year, only passing with 29 yards. But I'm concerned about the running game and mm-hmm. and. and Joe Mixon only had uh, yeah. 11 carries for 39 yards. That must improve next week as they'll go to Buffalo to take on the Bills next Sunday afternoon. So uh, how did Cincinnati get to the Super Bowl last year? Besides being an opportunistic defense, they ran the ball. You have Sammy uh, P. Ryan, the backup running back. Joe Mixon, he's, it all starts and ends with him. And he got away with it uh, for 39 yards last night. But I guarantee you that's not going to be enough against Buffalo next week. Well, also, too, they lost another one of their uh, top left uh, – Oh, oh, Lyman. I mean, they lost Lionel Collins a few couple of weeks ago. Now they've lost mm-hmm. uh, Jonah Williams, who I think I believe was named to a Pro Bowl. Um, you know, now he's gonna. It looks like he's done for the year. And yeah, Burrow was sacked four times. Yeah, so that doesn't help. And now you're gonna be facing a Buffalo team that's gonna want. You know, they're gonna be amped up, if you will. Especially, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to all that. You know, on Friday, but it could be a lot of emotions there in Buffalo on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll get to I'll get to uh, Baltimore in a second, but. J.K. Dobbins' comments after the game, uh, he was not very happy if you guys saw that play that led to Sam Hubbard fumble uh, scoop and score from 98 yards the other way. Mm -hmm. If you saw it, Tyler Huntley, look, bless his heart, try to score from the three, (laughs) try to do the dive. You weren't close (laughs) enough to do that. Logan Wilson, like I said, give him credit. He's not going to love, he should be getting some credit. He knocked the ball out, and Hubbard did did his thing, scoop and score, but Dobbins said he should have been out there. And look, he's right. I mean, you weren't close enough to the goal line to do something like that. So what what, what was your thinking there? I, I, I saw Lamont's comment. I'll, I'll put, bring it up in a second. But yeah, mm-hmm. what do you think about uh, J.K. J.K. Dobbins' comments after the game? Uh, shaking my head, to be honest with you, Lakina. Just, just shaking my head. <laughs> uh, we know that uh, Baltimore has been struggling offensively, especially without Lamar Jackson all year. Like you said, we'll get to Lamar in just a second. But you got to protect the ball. Especially you, you're deep in your own territory, deep in the, on your opponent's territory, especially in the red zone. You got to protect the ball. If you protect the ball, things like this wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm just and, saying. Right, right, exactly. And uh, here is uh, Lamont's comment. Y'all think this game will uh, directly affect Lamar's, uh Jackson's contract. Well, remember, he didn't travel with the team, so which mm-hmm. is you know pretty unusual. But you know, again, Mike Williams, he didn't go with the, the charge to Jacksonville. So I don't know what the story is. I know people are making their own assumptions, but he's not going to get a big contract. He, he's, not. he's not. If he's hoping for like a $250, $300 million contract, a la what Kyler Murray got and some of the other quarterbacks have gotten, he's, it's not going to happen. He didn't play for like, what, six or seven weeks? Mm-hmm. We were led to believe that it was only a one to three week injury. It turned out to be there's some you know inflammation and, and swelling hasn't gone down and such. So it's going to be hard for him to, you know, to make a case for him to have. Maybe, maybe he will because you, know, you saw what they only won like one game without him. But at the same time, though, he didn't play. So I, I don't know. What do you think, Sid? I think uh, tying into Kyler Murray, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they're happy to have him. But this is one of the reasons why they didn't want Arizona didn't want to sign Kyler Murray to that contract. Look what happened uh, this season. He got hurt 
unfortunately for Kyler Murray, he's going to rehab. He's rehabbing as we speak. He'll probably end up missing at least the majority of next season, mm -hmm. and all that money's guaranteed. And that's why these teams are hesitant to give that money, uh, give that guaranteed money to these quarterbacks. But your franchise quarterbacks, the better they play, the better the price has. Price tag goes up. I don't know the salary cap goes up every year, but if your quarterback is performing at a high level and he improves each week, their price tag goes up. So you know that the Baltimore organization uh, has been watching uh, that Arizona situation, and I think in Lamar's case, unfortunately, that's the worst thing that could that could happen to because Baltimore could sit up and say, "You saw what happened to Kyler Murray. If that happens to you, we're going to pay you three hundred million dollars, dollars, and that happens to you." We're screwed, and we're not going to give that to you right now. And I'll leave you with this before we get to our studs and duds. That situation, watch out for who, who should be watching that situation in Baltimore, Justin Fields and his camp here in Chicago, because if the Bears make it to the playoffs within the next couple of years before Justin Fields, if the organization decides to uh, exercise that fifth-year option on his contract, that'll be up in a couple of years. If Justin Fields... It, it, barring injury, if the Bears make it to the playoffs next year or the year after and Justin Fields is healthy, he'll be a, ma a major reason why. If Justin Fields continues to take steps better than, than he did this year, his price tag is going to go up too. And the, if you're the Bears organization, where are you going to do then? Because you haven't had a franchise quarterback like this ever in your history. But I'm, I don't know how Ryan Poles and the rest of the brass is feeling about that. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, yeah, that's mm -hmm. definitely going to be and tough now. Studs and duds, Sid, you know, for Super Wild Card Weekend, go. Brock Purdy of San Francisco, 332 yards passing and three touchdowns as the 49ers beat the Seahawks 41-23. My second stud, I can't believe I'm saying this name coming out of my mouth, but uh, Daniel Jones for the New York Giants, 301 yards passing, two touchdown passes, and he ran the ball 17 times for 70 yards as the Giants upset the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with Jamar Chase, the sub right receiver nice. out of Cincinnati. Nine catches for 84 yards in the score as Cincinnati holds off Baltimore 24-17. Uh, I'm going to give mine to uh, Gabe Davis from Buffalo. He was the one that had that big you know, catch that moved mm -hmm. the chains and kind of sealed the win for the Bills because they definitely needed that. Uh, I'll say Trevor Lawrence. You know what? A, what a great showing after coming back from that. Those three uh, early interceptions mm -hmm. uh, to uh, come turn around and win that game for Jacksonville. Just you know, and the team itself. You know, just nothing short of remarkable. And I'll say the San Francisco defense. You know, they look. They you know they, they gave us some plays early on, but you know they settled down. You know they they forced you know Geno Smith to make some uh, not so great decisions. They got an interception. Mm -hmm. They sacked him three times. So yeah, I, those are my uh, three uh, studs. You know. Demar Dre uh, Lenore had the, the long interception, but that kind of sealed, uh, sealed the Seahawks with that one. So those are my studs. All right, my three duds. I think you'll agree with me on this, Lakina. My three duds are the head coach of the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, Brandon Staley. Uh, what a choke job in that second half. My second dud is Kirk Cousins on that fourth down play. Uh, uh, yesterday on fourth, and then he yeah. decided to throw a quick two yard out that made no sense. And See, my third, and my third dud will be the Buffalo Bills offensive line. I will my dud. Well, I'll grew the first two, but I think I'll give my uh dud to Baltimore. Like who? Yeah, Greg Roman. Yeah, I'm talking to you. He needs to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> he needs to go. I mean, I'm sorry. Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson. He should play more into mm -hmm. his strengths. We know he can run the ball, and he actually can pass the ball pretty well too. I saw him doing when he was at Utah. So like, yeah, let, let, he's not Lamar Jackson. Okay, let, let's not. You know, he mm -hmm. wasn't. 
Yeah, Lamar probably could have pulled that off, you know, going, you know, jumping from the three, probably would have, you know, jumped one yeah. way over, you know, such, but, you know, I don't know if he didn't pass or what, but yeah, those are my three dozen, and, and Roman needs to go. I'm sorry. Okay, and our buddy Lamont uh, has a comment from our uh, Sports on Chicago's Facebook page. Brock is a star, uh, Chargers coaches are a dud. Also, Asante <laughs> Samuel, a stud, and Dolphins co- coaches are a dud. Uh, I, I'll say offensively, but they were uh, talking about for the Dolphins, they were uh, under men yesterday, but the Dolphins defense. Um, give them credit. So Lamont. Yeah, they uh, kept them in it. Yeah. All and right. So like my, oh, actually, actually, you know what? This has nothing to do with uh the the, the weekend, but you know, I'll give my boy set to Cliff Kingsbury. He said, "Look, I'm going to uh, you know the Thailand." I'm saying, "Yo, bye bye." Deuces. Yeah, he's getting those. He, look, he's getting twenty seven million dollars. So like, I wouldn't work either for the next few years. So like, look, he's still young yeah. and. If you saw him, on, if you saw him on hard knocks, he is a he is a bit of a loner. So he probably like, look, that's a nice way to uh, take a and Phuket. I know people want to. I can't say the word. I know people will use that word. That's not how you say it. So you know, stop it. You you know what word I'm talking about, Phuket. That's not how you say it. You know, the other way. But uh, yeah. yeah, just give my you know my bonus stud to him. All right, Lakina, let's close out uh, this first hour by previewing tonight's. Uh, last wild card game for Super Wild Card Weekend is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys in the last NFC Wild Card Playoff game. It will take place tonight at seven o'clock on ABC, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Two. Will have the Manning cast, so check that out. The Cowboys, the line went up, Lakina, from Friday to today. The Cowboys are now even three point favorites. I said this on Friday, Lakina. I'll say it here again. Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give me 20 points? Can they? Can they? And on the flip side for Dallas, can Dak Prescott avoid the big mistake? Run the football with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Parler. That's what the Cowboys should do. They should come off the bus running, running, running tonight. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, remember, this is a rematch of the first game of the season. Of course, you know, uh, the, the Cowboys won 19-3. Uh, but yeah, it was a different time. I'd like, look, if, if we get good Dak... Yeah, I mean, Dak yeah, got hurt Dak, in that game too. Yeah, and also that's when he got hurt. And uh, you know, we're still saying good Dak, bad Dak. So if we get the good Dak, I mean, great. If we get the bad Dak that we saw those last, you know, few weeks of the season against the Jaguars and the and the Commanders, like it might be a short stay in the playoffs. And remember, Tom Brady is seven and zero in an opening uh, round game. So in wild card games, especially at home, so. Mm-hmm. You're playing against that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do here. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, – yeah, this should be a, an interesting one tonight. Now, I, it looks like you know, Ryan Chester, who's their uh, – one of the – probably the best left tackle they uh, – best O-line o- that they have, talking about the Bucks. at least he'll be able to play tonight. So, you know, that should help him help uh, Brady a little bit. Let Leonard Fournette, you know, do his thing, you know, as long as he doesn't make any dumb mistakes. Yeah. So that's, that's that's usually a problem from him for him. and. I would say, look, like you said, if, if the Bucks, you know, they look, they, I think that secondary wants to kind of show people that they actually are pretty decent. So mm-hmm. if you're the defense, you want to kind of try to, you know, force Dak to, you know, Akeem Hicks. I'm sure he would love to, you know, try to do that. Um, you know, Levante David, Vida Vila, you know, we know that, you know, he can make some uh, big plays. Antoine Winfield Jr., I mean, I'm sure he probably would love to uh, get a caught an interception from Dak. So, it's gonna be very. Yeah. Interesting. It's all. It's all gonna be on who controls the tempo early. Controls the tempo early on. Yeah, and that Dallas defense has been struggling for the last month or so. Micah Parsons, well, are you? Where are you, my man? <laughs> uh, and this and that secondary uh, has been nothing but, but I'm not gonna say trash, but nothing short but trash over the last month or so. So, uh, I want to see who. 
which defensive unit steps up tonight? Like you said, Tampa Bay has been struggling. We talked about Lakina all year long. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's defense has been struggling. Uh, they've been struggling all over, but defensively, uh, they're not what they were two years ago when they won the whole thing, and right. they weren't. They're not even halfway there what they were last year. So, which defensive unit will step up tonight, and who's going to be the first one to score score twenty points? Well, I think whoever does that will win this game. Absolutely. So yeah, should be very interesting. It should be entertaining. One uh, again, like I said, say you can watch it on. ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, as well as always streaming on ESPN Plus. So enjoy that game tonight. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. Uh, the Bulls, you know, they got a bad loss, but end up having a, a, you know, a solid win without DeMar. Go figure. Uh, plus, uh, can we create a bandwagon for them? Yeah. Can we? Well, yeah. <laughs> also, Lamar, uh, LeBron, yeah. I should say. <laughs> uh, LeBron, again, you know, another milestone for him, but in a losing cause. Also, to uh, college hoops, you know, some, you know, Interesting games happened this weekend. Uh, also, especially there's a couple old... going on right now as well. Yeah, yeah, they are right now. And then there might be a big upset too. We'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, talk about that. Aussie Open that has started. We'll talk about some of the favorites. Also, a special edition of Old School TV Monday. Oh, a lot to do still. Hour number two of Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown will have that and more coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of Dodea. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to hour number two. It's a special edition of Second City Sports on this MLK Day 2023. Right here, we're live and live in color with Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, it's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and Kenan's going to be on the IG. And we got a lot of first-time <laughs> listeners uh, watching us today, sis. So uh, welcome. And uh, where have you guys been? You, know, you catch us every Monday and Friday at noon yes. to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on, on Sports of Chicago. Of course, you can also catch us, you know, the replay on Rural Crew TV. You know, if you got, you know, whatever device you have on the Rural Crew uh, app, you know, anytime you want. So, you know, yeah. welcome. And uh, don't be strangers, folks. Yes, thanks for joining us. If you want to join us in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Lakina, let's kick off our number two in style of this fabulous program by discussing the Chicago Bulls and the NBA at large. We'll start off with the Bulls first because we're local and we're Chicago. And the Bulls are now 20 and 24 on the season. As you mentioned, Akina, before the break, they lost a bad one to the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder last Friday, 124 to 110. Both DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine did not play. So at all, the Office of Responsibilities all fell on Vooch. But he wasn't a reason why they lost. Other players didn't step up scoring wise and defensively, they were terrible. We'll leave it at that. But yesterday, uh, that's, <laughs> I, I asked, I'll ask again can we create a bandwagon for Chicago Bulls? Can we? Please, please create one. <laughs> the reason why I asked because they beat the Golden State Warriors 132 to 118. Yay! <laughs> and I don't want to hear an excuse talk about uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson didn't play. Yeah. Both of them brothers played. Exactly. And they did their thing, but uh, mm -hmm. Clay Thompson led the Warriors with 26. But Steph Curry tried, to, tried his best to keep the Warriors in it, but it wasn't enough. Draymond Green's in foul trouble. Their other role players mm -hmm. didn't do as much. Nikolai Vucevic had tied his personal career high with 43 points. Kobe White had 22 points off the bench, and Zach Levine returned to action. It was a well all ran machine for the Bulls offensively yesterday, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, I got a chance to watch like the tail end of, the, end of this game, you know, because of course, you know, the Warriors scored forty-two points, which you, you thought you kind of expected that to happen, you know, because the Bulls will uh, up early. But look, mm -hmm. give them, look, I mean, give the, give Billy Donovan and his guys credit. I mean, they made the adjustments. You know, Vooch, you know, mm -hmm. tied a career high with him. I think that's also the highest that he's ever scored with the Bulls. You know, that ties a career high for him. That forty-three points. All five stars were in double figures. You know, P. Will uh, had some, you know, hit some big shots. You know, Io looked really good. You know. 12 points and six assists. Zach also has six assists in addition to 27 points. And like you said, Sid, I mean, look, Steph and Clay did their thing. So it wasn't like they played. I'm, just, I'm sure I've seen some folks, you know, some trolls say, well, you know, Steph and Clay, look, it's not like they didn't play. Like you said, they had Steph had 20 points. He was eight for, uh, he was three for 10 for a three point range. Mm -hmm. You know, Clay was eight for 15 for three point range. Like you said, it wasn't, you know, Draymond Green was in foul trouble. I think he fouled out like late in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelvin Looney, yeah, Kelvin Looney, you know, didn't do too much, and you know, Andrew Wiggins didn't do a lot either. He only scored eleven, and uh, Jordan mm -hmm. Poole, who burned the Bulls, you know, he only had fifteen. But remember, he scored like almost, he scored like fifty in their first meeting uh, in the <laughs> Bay Area. So uh, I think people need to kind of just give the Bulls some credit for pulling this win off. They're on their way to uh, Paris right now, as we speak. They're not already there uh, to play Detroit in a couple of days. Looks like tomorrow is going to be clear to play, which is great. He'll be all out a week, so. You know, hopefully they should be. And they, they got a nice stretch of games here coming up. I mean, they're 20, 20 and 24. Yes, there are some games that they probably should have lost. You know, yeah, we get that. But there's opportunity. This part of the schedule, there's, op there's some opportunity here to kind of, you know, make a move. And they can do they can do it if they stay consistent. 
And one of the reasons uh, they want to you know, go to the next level and be over 500 is uh, uh, Nikolai Vucevic. And, and we just posted up the comment from Lamont. He says, hopefully the Bulls realize that uh, uh, Vooch is a former all-star for a reason. You're, you're correct, Lamont. And I heard our guy, uh, Dave fans. Watson. Yeah, it's What's Bulls up? fans that are having that issue, not, not yeah. necessarily the Bulls themselves. They know how valuable he is. Go ahead, sis. Sorry. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, listening to the CHGO Bulls postgame show Ooh. yesterday with our guys, uh, Big Dave Watson and Matt Pack. hopefully both of them landed in Paris safely. I know they're supposed yeah. to be heading over there right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, Big Dave brought up a great point. We're not going to expect Vooch to score 40 points every night, mm -hmm. but the offense must facilitate through him. Yeah. He's one of the best passing big men, if not the best passing big man in the game of basketball today. He recognizes where the double team is coming from. He recognizes who's the open guy. And you yeah. notice when he passes the, uh, passes the ball out when he's doubled, usually good things happen for the Chicago yeah. Bulls. And we saw that at the start of the season, especially when he took advantage of, of the matchups that he had down in the post. And the Bulls still need to do that, but when Vucci passes the double pass the ball out before the double team comes, usually great things happen to the Bulls. We saw the offense flow crisply yesterday. I know they didn't turn the ball over that much, and they definitely kept uh, that number low in that second half while the Warriors were the ones turning the ball over. So mm -hmm. the offense needs to uh, flow nicely through Vucevic and everything else will flow easily. Everything doesn't have to be put on DeMar's shoulders. Everything doesn't have to be put on Zach's shoulders, you, especially with DeMar. We talked about it early season, Lakina. We saw that at, at points last year when DeMar DeRozan has the ball, everybody stops, all the four players on the floor stop and, stops and watch him. That's not how you win basketball games. The ball has to move around. Everybody gets involved, and it makes you become a better player. Yeah, only 10 turnovers the Bulls had yesterday, which I think mm -hmm. is a season low or, or near a season low for them. It also uh, snaps a 11-game uh, losing streak against the Warriors. So that definitely uh, – they were long overdue uh, to break that streak. But, yeah, I mean, look, it, look, you know, Vooch is not going to, you know, score 43. I know there are Vooch fans, and I know how – Vooch detractors, I should say. I know who some of you are. I can call y'all out, but it's a, it's a, you know it's a, it's a good day today. You know, I'm okay, you know, got rested, so will not want me to do that, so I won't. I won't do that. I'll be nice for uh, for in this instance, but uh, yeah. I mean, look, when the office goes through him, it looks really good. I mean, it's it flows well, and I remember you, you saw that you know a couple of great kickouts that he had with mm -hmm. his double team. You know, kicked out with Zach for a three, um, a dunk. You know, from Io. You know, you saw that real monstrous dunk. He <laughs> so and look, I think this look this team has a shot to do it. And like I said before. Teams in the East, especially uh, you know Boston and uh, Philadelphia. We'll get to them in a second. Mm -hmm. But you know, for me, I think look, the Bulls can get back up there near the top six. They just gotta be consistent and such. And everyone has to stay healthy, of course. And everyone, just a consistency has to be there. And I think they can do just that. And I think we're starting to see the rhythm here in these last two games. I mean, yeah, the Thunder lost. I mean, the Thunder's been doing it to a lot of teams this year. That they well, we'll get to that. They had a couple of big wins um, mm -hmm. over the weekend as well. So. I think people need to just chill on the Bulls and just see how it goes. Just look, we're we're, half, we're halfway through this, more than halfway through the season. Let, let's see how this goes and just take one step at a time. You're listening to Second City Sports on a special MLK Day edition right here on Sports All Chicago. We're live in Living Color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You have a comment on the Chicago Bulls. You can hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, before we move on to the rest of the NBA, I have to ask you about Patrick Williams, Lakina. Mm -hmm. I know he has improved his three-point shot this year he was three or five yesterday for um for for 10 points and he had also had two rebounds and I, I know that uh it looked it may have, his stats from friday may look nice on the stat sheet but it really looked like he had, he uh, he has a uh, he didn't do anything in that game it was a whole lot of those bulls players by the way but 
Are you starting to question, I'm not going to say the desire of Patrick Williams, but do you think that he can take his game to the next level? I'm not saying he should be scoring 28, 30 points a game. That's that's not him. We have scores to take care of that. But in my personal opinion, he should average at least 15 and 10 every night. We know that he can bring it defensively. Sometimes offensively, he thinks too much instead of reacting naturally to his basketball skill set. Me personally, I think Patrick Williams should score 15 points and grabbing 10 rebounds a night, especially if you want to remain in that starting lineup. I know Javante Green uh, is out with the injury right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Andre Drummond hasn't played in the last few games, but Patrick Williams to me has to step up a little bit more. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right about that. I think hopefully he will. I mean, he actually did go pretty well on, on uh, yesterday's game. So yeah, I think, you know, look, I think people need to remember he's only 21. So look, he was very raw coming out of Florida state. So I think people need to kind mm -hmm. of see that, you know, once you start getting the rhythm, once you start getting things going, hopefully we'll see that after the All-Star break. So I think, like I said, I'm going to keep it short because we want to, you know, get to the rest of these games. But, yeah, I think mm -hmm. like they P. Will, I think, will definitely be uh, – he definitely could be up there. But, like I said, he's just got to be given a chance to it. I think hopefully, you know, after the, after, uh, after the All-Star break, we'll see uh, just that. Now, going backwards here, from the, some good games that were yesterday. We'll start at late last night. Uh, Philly and the Lakers, of course, he'll congrats to LeBron. Another milestone for him. Became just the second player to reach 38,000 points. Of course, you know, joining Kareem, and uh, he's now, I think he trails Kareem by like about two, just a little over 2,200 points. I might, my math might be a little bit off here, but, uh, you know, you know, he congrats him, but it was a losing effort, 113, 112, the Sixers pulled it out against the Lakers. It was, kind of, it was sort of a back and forth uh, game for a while, and look, but it was actually uh, the Sixers that, you know, came across late. Russell Westbrook, I don't know what he was trying to do. We had with the ball. <laughs> I, have no, I have no clue. No At least idea. he didn't shoot a three-point shot. <laughs> well, he probably, look, he probably would have been better off shooting a three because I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, I, and Bede, you know, I don't know who – I think that was either Tucker and Embiid. I think Tucker got you know, a piece of that, and, you know, mm -hmm. they forced uh, forced uh, the ball, I guess, out of bounds, and that, you know, the game was over. So, but, yeah, oh, a tough – yeah, a tough – well, it's a loss for Lakers, but a, a big win for Philly, too, which is really needed because they kind of had to turn a little bit lately. But, uh, but it was actually a pretty routine game yesterday. Yeah, I, I watched the majority of that game, uh, uh, not the not the football game, but Joel Embiid improved his dominance again uh, by scoring 35 points. Uh, James Harden actually added 23 points for the Philadelphia 76ers. He had a season low of two turnovers. Mm -hmm. We know how his game uh, is offensively, especially now that as he's getting older, but sometimes he could be a little careless with that basketball. He wasn't yesterday, so as I mentioned, he had a season low of two turnovers. It was nice to see Tobias Harris back in the lineup yeah. at the Mr. Saturday's game in Utah, so uh, he, he made a big difference as well. So uh, LeBron James over his last six games is averaging over 32.5 points per game. Uh, Russell Westbrook, actually he's been playing well this year, averaging mm -hmm. close to 16 points. And, yep. and seven rebounds and, and eight assists. He's always averaging a triple double coming off the bench. He could be your leader for six man of the year right now. But uh, the Lakers, uh, as we said before, LeBron needs a shooter. I know Anthony Davis is supposed to come back soon, wherever mm -hmm. soon is. I'm using air cross for those of you listening back on the replay on our podcast. But uh, LeBron needs help, but uh, he's not uh, getting it right now. Uh, I know Westbrook was the second leader scorer on the team with 20 last night, but. Uh, LeBron James doesn't have any shooters. I don't know where Gene Ron Perlinka is going to get that. Yeah, that's going to be. LeBron can complain only once, but I don't know if he's going to get it for this year. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be the number one you know, question there coming up. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Portland got a nice win against uh, Dallas. Now, granted, Luka did not play. You know, there was a rest day for him. 140-123, uh, mm-hmm. but still a very high-scoring affair. Dame had uh, 43 points. Uh, Jakola Jurkic had 20. and But, it, you know, and that's sort of one of the, and, this is sort of one of those days where, look, this is what happens when you don't have uh, Luca in the lineup. You know, Christian Wood had 23 points. Uh, Dimwitty led the way for 28 points, but it wasn't enough. Jaden Hart, Hardy had uh, 25 coming off the bench, but it wasn't enough as uh, the Portland got the best of them without Luca. Yeah, Damian Lillard had a great weekend against Dallas as well. He had, he had 40 points last night after, after dropping the 50-piece uh, on, on Saturday night. So, yeah. Uh, Dallas's defense, we talked about it last year. Lakina was one of the biggest reasons why they had a big turnaround and on their way to the Western Conference Finals last year. They're going to have to do that again this year. They couldn't contain Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dollars, the kids will call him. But I that Portland team, it could be scary if they get into the playing tournament. But for Dallas right now, uh, those players you mentioned that they filled in for Luka uh, last night, they need to keep it up because as we, I said it last year, and I'll say it again for this year, Who's going to be that consistent uh, Batman uh, Robin to Luca's Batman? Christian Wood has been a big disappointment so far this year. I know he's picked it up these last few games, but who's going to who's going to be that consistent second scorer next to Luca? Christian Wood has to step up. Tim Hardaway Jr. Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So uh, it's time for the whole Mavericks team um, to pick it up. And uh, you know Nikola Jokic, you need a three pointer, you know, late about point seven, you know, to, you know, to avoid the upset uh, against the Magic, one nineteen, one sixteen. So they, yeah, they, you know, they were you know, give Orlando credit for keeping it close for a little bit, but you know, they weren't able to mm-hmm. uh, to pull off the uh, the upset there. Now one team that did pull off the upset, and that is the OKC, uh, OKC Thunder. They beat the Bulls a couple of days you know prior. But you know, yesterday they uh, upset the Nets, one twelve, one oh two. I mean, like I said, like I said, I see people you know get on the Bulls, but look, you know, look what they've been doing. They've been doing that's just a lot of teams. Now they're two games under five hundred as of this uh, uh, recording. And you know, look, I mean, this is going to be a struggle with the Nets without KD. Mm-hmm. Kyrie only scored fifteen. Uh, How many did Ben Simmons class- have? Yeah, Nick Nick Claxton only had seventeen. So I was just how many did Ben Simmons have? Ben Simmons, uh, uh, wait, no, he didn't play yesterday. What a shock! He did not play. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play. I think they're saying it was a hamstring in- injury for uh, Simmons. So yeah, that that's gonna be a bit of a problem, especially with Katie going to be gone for another uh two weeks. So yeah, mm-hmm. Nets need to figure it out. Need to you know, hopefully Jock Falk can figure it out because uh yeah, this this isn't good for the Nets right now. Let me ask one question, and it's going to the flat side to OKC before we move on. Shea Gilgis Alexander, he had 25 points against the Bulls mm-hmm. on Friday. He had 28 last night. Do you seriously uh-huh. consider him? Uh, would you consider him for the All Star game? Because Oklahoma City is two games on the 500 right now, and they're just about right in the thick of things for that playing tournament. Uh, yeah, I think I, I would think- give some, give him some, uh, give Alexander some serious consideration for making the All Star team. Yeah, I think he'll definitely be a reserve. I think he'll definitely sneak in there. I mean, it's not like the the MLB where you got to have every team's got to be represented, but thank goodness, you know, players, yeah, players, fans, and uh, coaches too. So, and media, I think as well, play a little bit of a part too. So, yeah, he'll I'm sure Mm -hmm. he'll get in there. I mean, he's actually been really good. He's one of the reasons why OKC is where they are this year. So, yeah, you know, him and Josh Giddy and a few other guys. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how what they go. Now, the Clippers 
earlier uh, over at uh, I'm not calling the at the I'm not calling that that <laughs> name, uh, but they did get a nice win against Houston, one twenty one one hundred. Uh, Julius Randle had forty two points, and that they needed that as the Knicks beat the uh, the Pistons, one seventeen one oh four. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, he also had about uh, 16 rebounds, I think. And he's the first player to do that in the regular season. You got going back to 1996 with uh, Patrick Ewing. Of course, Carmelo did in the playoff game in 2011. So uh, a nice showing there by the Knicks. Going to Saturday's game, of course, Sid mentioned it. Portland also beat Dallas. They sweep the little two-gamer. Don't ask. I'm not, we're not repeating ourselves. You know, we're not <laughs> like, it's a little <laughs> bit crazy how that uh, schedule works. Now, uh, the Sixers edge out the uh, the Jazz 118-117. So, yeah, they had to play a little bit, you know, towing the line here yeah, uh, so far. Utah but, yeah, came back from a 20-point deficit, 20 and yep, Philly had to hang points. on to that one. Yeah, they literally, literally and uh, they were mm -hmm. able to do that. Uh, James Harden had 31 points leading the way uh, there. Uh, Minnesota beat uh, Cleveland 110-102. Anthony Edwards led the way there with 26 points. Uh, Memphis beats indiana miami my pacers are starting to kind of come down a little bit to earth here sid 121 12. Uh, did you see that dunk by john yeah, moran i was yeah, watching that game like that, Woo! Yeah, that was monster a monster dunk uh for the highlight uh yeah that was uh, uh probably the dunk of the year so far in the nba it was really like that and aragorn's dunk on christmas day over uh landry shaman of phoenix <laughs> yeah and then yeah, of course pablo bancaro's dunk over uh, uh i forgot the uh, the player's name from Detroit on opening night. Those are your top three dunks of the year. Poor Jalen Smith. He's going to have nightmares about, yeah. about that, <laughs> that dunk. So, yeah, that was a – but, yeah, I mean, look, you know, that was a nice win for the Grizzlies on Saturday. And let's see. Atlanta beat Toronto 114-103. Miami with a nice win against Milwaukee 111-96. Yeah, no Giannis and no yeah. um, Chris Middleton. That was disappointing. I didn't even watch that game. I know that yeah, was a Saturday it, afternoon game of the week for ABC. You know right. they were pissed, but they were bummed. Uh, yeah, they were bummed that they couldn't be honest. But uh, but Miami's look, quietly. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. Not to cut you off, Lakina, but quickly, Miami's one of those teams to starting to get it together. You mentioned the Atlanta Hawks too. I think they mm -hmm. won six out of their last seven, I believe. Yep. And so, yep. uh, those team, teams are starting to make their move, and that's why if you the Bulls, it's so important for you to get on the winning streak now. Yeah, and they got the games. You know, they're 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 that's part of their schedule. They can they can do that. So, but yeah, they mm -hmm. got to be consistent. Now, as for the Heat, I mean, look, you did what you're supposed to do without their two top guys. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo, he's starting to come back. He had 20 points. Gabe Vincent had 27. Bam had 20. So, look, a nice showing by the Heat. And they're starting to kind of figure things out. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure ABC they were not pleased that Giannis didn't play because mm -hmm. <laughs> they were really telling this matchup. But it is what it is. There now, going into Friday's games, real quick. Uh, Denver pulled away from the Clippers, 115-103. Jamal Murray had 24 points there. And uh, Sacramento, once again, they are 139. I mean, they're averaging about 128 or something like that in the last few games. Yeah. So uh, defense not is, is, you know, need not apply there. But, yeah, nice showing, excuse me, against Houston on Friday. Uh, of course, Utah, uh, you know, edge out Orlando. Uh, Golden State uh, need 144 points, 113 in the Alamo Dome against San Antonio. Uh, it was it was sort of cool to see. You know, it was kind of weird seeing a game at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, 68,000 you know, people like, there. <laughs> yeah, it was so they were literally like on top of you. So it was just a little yeah. bit you know crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean you know they 68,323. That's the that was the exact number I saw on. Yeah, I think that's an NBA record. 
long largest crowd ever to watch an NBA game. So I mm-hmm. think that was more obviously Steph and, and Steph and Clay in them. So I think that mm-hmm. they set it up really nicely too. Unfortunately, it wasn't really a close game. Yeah, shout but, out to the Spurs organization. They brought out all the legends of the Iceman Gervin. Yeah, uh, who David I forgot Robinson who does the games now? There. Sean Elliott was John out there, David of course. Rob- the Admiral Robinson, Vic, uh, yeah. David Robinson. Yeah, he was out there. So it was nice to see those Spurs legends out there. And the uniforms were kind of threw me off. They, it was like kind of like the sage green type uniforms, which it matches like actually what they used to wear back in the day in their early years. So it yeah. was a little bit weird uh, seeing that. But uh, yeah, look, it was a great show, a great show. But of course, this, this, the team, the Spurs didn't you know put on a good show. But uh, mm-hmm. it is what it is with that one now. Going into today, uh, you know, today's games, MLK Day, there are actually some games going on right now boston and charlotte going on right now as we speak indiana and milwaukee you know maybe without Giannis either that's gonna be at 130. a lot like a lot of these mlk game day games are usually at you know on early so you know don't forget be free to buy the start time new orleans and cleveland they're about to off in about a half hour from now toronto as is toronto and uh new york and golden state washington Golden state you know hoping to bounce back from that loss to the bulls and uh we'll mm-hmm. see how they do it against the the wizards mm, excuse me Coming up. Ooh. Yeah, the TNT doubleheader for MLK Day for today takes place at 2.30 as the Miami Heat will travel to Atlanta to face the Atlanta Hawks. Two hot teams in the East, as we said earlier, trying to make their move. At 3 o'clock, we'll have Utah and Minnesota. At 5 o'clock, the second half of that TNT MLK Day doubleheader will feature the Phoenix Suns at the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll see how Phoenix can handle John Morant. That should be an interesting matchup. And then the NBA TV game of the night because of, of the football game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Houston Rockets visit Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. Of course, the young Houston Rockets uh, team has given the Lakers uh, team uh, m- much trouble these last couple of years, so it's not going to be an easy one as the Lakers play at home on the back-to-back. Yeah, absolutely. It should be interesting how they respond uh, from that loss to Philadelphia. Now, on to tomorrow's games, Tuesday, you got the first game of the TNT doubleheader, Toronto and Milwaukee. We'll see if Giannis plays, of course. Milwaukee coming off a back-to-back, a home back-to-back. Also, Toronto as well, uh, Brooklyn and San Antonio, they shouldn't have no troubles with this without KD, or maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Portland and, and Denver at eight o'clock, and uh, second game of that TNT doubleheader should be a good one. Uh, Philly as they finish up their West Coast road trip against the Clippers at nine o'clock. Yeah, the Philadelphia 76 had won their last two games on this uh, West Coast road trip. Uh, the Clippers must play better, as we mentioned, they had a big win against Houston yesterday. Now uh, they need to play better against a uh, better competition. Now, going to Wednesday's uh, slate of games, uh, this is all Chicago start start times. At 6.30, we'll have uh, Washington at New York, the Wizards against the Knicks. At 6.30, the first half of the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader, we'll have Atlanta at Dallas, Trey Young versus Luka Dantich. At 7 o'clock, we'll have Charlotte at Houston. Also, we have Cleveland at Memphis and the Miami Heat at New Orleans to take on the Pelicans and the Pacers at the Thunder. That should be that's a ship that's going to be a sneaky good game. Two young teams mm-hmm. like to run up and down the court. At eight o'clock, we'll have Clippers at Utah. And then at 9:30, the Clint Kings will travel to Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. In the second half, the ESPN doubleheader for Wednesday, Minnesota at Denver. All right. And now we're into Thursday's games, of course. Note to start time at, at two o'clock on NBA TV, the Bulls and Pistons, because they're in Paris. So that's about eight o'clock. I think it's about eight o'clock their time so it'll be mm-hmm. nighttime for them so they'll play till thursday and they'll uh, be seen locally on nbc sports chicago as well yeah of course, it'll probably those be on NBA, nba tv yeah it'll probably be blacked out on nba tv so yeah so make sure you guys for the rest of you outside of chicago detroit you'll probably be able to watch it on nba tv the first game of the tnt doubleheader you got golden state 
and Boston. That should be a fun one, a rematch of the NBA Finals. Always great when these two teams battle it out. Toronto and Minnesota at seven. The second game, the, the TNT doubleheader, you got Brooklyn and Phoenix. Both teams are out there top guys right now, so that should be fun. Mm-hmm. How, that should be just how both teams respond. And Philadelphia, as they finish up their West Coast uh, trip against Portland, that should be a fun one at 9 o'clock. All right, so that's your schedule for this upcoming week from the world of the NBA. Lakina, we had to take this two-and-two break. had to stretch out our legs and arms and all the other good stuff. But as we always do, we're going to come back with our last segment of the show, Finish Up Strong. We got college basketball to discuss. We have other issues to take care of, and we'll have Old School TV Monday. And this this is going to be a good one today. And we'll reflect on MLK Day and all the other uh, great stuff and great information. So stay right there. I'm Sid. That's Lakita. You listen to a special MLK Day of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of the show. You're listening to a special edition of Second City Sports, the MLK Day edition, right here. We're live in Living Color Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's the keynote. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. We have less than a half hour left at this strength against we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, you can hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. All right, Lakina, for our last segment of the show for today, let's start off with some action in college basketball. Let's go backwards to Friday, last Friday night, Lakina. The final line have won their last three games uh, thanks to a 75-66 win over Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans. Of course, Dane Danger, excuse my rapper mystical for those of you scoring at home, Danger had 20 points uh, off of 8 or 12 shooting, including four or five for the free throw line. A.J. Hogger for the Spartans had 20 points, including four or six from the free throw line in eight of 16 shooting. Lakina, uh, the the Michigan State Spartans had it going on in the first half in terms of offense, but the Illini's defense stepped up in the second half and they made some key baskets down the stretch. Yeah, I see the good Illinois team showed up late in this game. They were able to pull away from mm-hmm. uh, Michigan State. And look, hopefully they can kind of you know, keep it going here because I think this is going to be kind of like the thing where they're near the top of the Big Ten right now, but they still got to deal with Purdue. They still got to deal with a couple of other teams. So look, if we get this consistency for the rest of the conference season, it's going to be hard to do because the Big Ten is so deep. But we'll be mm-hmm. just see what happens uh, with that. But, of course, number three, Purdue uh, beat uh, Nebraska 73-55 also on friday so uh fletcher lawyer had 27 points you know leading the way for uh for purdue a season high for him so you know the purdue's been you know they had a couple of tough losses but they, you know, they've been able to bounce back and that's what you're supposed to do in the bay 10 especially so it could be a good battle there as we get closer and closer to it now going to saturday's games you got kansas uh you know edging out uh, iowa state 62 60 uh gray dick you know had a big you know shot you know with 21 points leading the way for Kansas and uh that was a, a really nice showing by them. It was actually a great game from start to finish. You thought that maybe Iowa State was gonna, mm-hmm. you know, get it going and perhaps maybe pull off the uh minor upset. They're number 14 in the country. But you look, you gotta give you know some credit to the program and how they're being built because remember, like I said, they were you know, they you know edge out, you know, the leading uh the way they could have gotten to the Elite Eight Elite Eight last year, and you know, they they came back and now they're kind of they had their struggles early in the year. I know they had some bad losses and so mm-hmm. not, not bad losses, but they had like some holiday tournament losses. So you know, I know Iowa State fans were getting a little bit uh a little bit upset uh there. We're getting you know kind of a little, you know, uh sort of you know, they're getting a little bit antsy. But look, give TJ Osselberger credit. I mean, he's been able to kind of build that program back up. So, you know, a nice, nice showing by them, even though they lost to uh to Kansas. Alabama 106-66 over yeah. <laughs> LSU. I mean, that that I thought it was gonna be a little bit closer, but boy, I Me guess too. I was wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, our buddy Lamont Scott on the comments um uh, mentioned that he said uh, LSU forgot to bring uh, their game <laughs> with them against Alabama. Yeah, 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 they did. I they was did. looking forward to that game as well, but uh Brandon Miller was was the man for the Crimson Tide. He had 31 points and nine rebounds. 
season high for him. And uh, look, our buddy Jared Willis from CHGO, we know he's a big Kentucky fan, and I know he probably has to be happy with this one. Kentucky got a big win against uh, number five, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 63-56. I mean, I think they, this is a game that they really needed because they had lost, I think, like three in a row. They were like, you know, now they're two and three in uh, SEC play. Oscar Sheboy had... 15 points who I like I love him they you know 13 points <laughs> uh, 15, 15 points 13 rebounds as well a double double for him his first of the season but uh yeah I mean you know look I think look could Kentucky make a little bit of a run I mean look at excuse me you never know like Antonio Reeves have uh 18 off the bench you're leading the way for mm-hmm. them but uh yeah I mean Kentucky could definitely you know make a move here and they're capable of doing that yeah, they just got to be committed defensively, and the offense will come, but it all starts with uh, team defense, and they've been struggling to do that so far this uh, this season. Absolutely. UCLA uh, did what they're supposed to. They hold, hold off Colorado. I really like that team. I really do. <laughs> UCLA, yeah, they're, they're really good. The Mid-Corner's done a great job. You know, they've, been, look, they've been up there a lot, so you know, just haven't been able to get over that hump and win a championship, so we'll see what happens this year. they still got a great team that can contend with. Gonzaga, oh, look, they didn't need uh, the final possession. They actually you know, pulled away <laughs> from it. They beat Portland by uh, 40-115-75, I should say. Uh, Oregon upset Arizona, uh, 87-68. I mean, you know, look, Oregon, I, I can't watch that court. I mean, I know I know that was by design that they did that, but I can't watch a basketball game on that court. I mean, it, it was just like, <laughs> it, it, I, I can't do it. But, I, I mean, it, it's just like, I, I can't do it. But, uh, look, I, I think Arizona has had some trouble. I think they lost like three of their last four on that court. So maybe they're, maybe they're a little bit uh, antsy about that as well. But, yeah, nice, a great win for Oregon. That, uh, they, uh, you know, a game that they really needed. Because they, you know, it's sort of, you know, they've actually are well ahead in that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a really solid showing for Oregon. So, you know, Jermaine Cuisinart had 27 points leading the way for Oregon. So, a nice one for the Ducks. Yeah, back to Big 12 action. TCU, number 17 TCU. And they may, may have lost the title in college football. But uh, their basketball program is, uh, is picking it up as they beat uh, their, mm-hmm. uh, their, their conference rival, number 11 Kansas State, uh, Kansas State Jayhawks. Not the Jayhawks, but the Wildcats. Excuse Wildcats. me. Uh, yeah, eighty-two to sixty-eight. Uh, Emmanuel Miller led the way for TCU with twenty-three points and eight rebounds. Yeah, Jimmy just Jimmy just has done a great job as Alma Marner. Of course, I feel he was still unappreciated over at Pittsburgh, but he was welcome back. You know, back home to, to mm-hmm. Texas to TCU, and uh, they've been playing very well. So look, they've got guys that you know they're very deep, so they can definitely mm-hmm. you know you know kind of. Well, I actually watched a little bit of this game. You know, T- TCU pulled away late. It was kind of back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit, but TCU made some big shots late. Uh, you'll say it in Texas. You got uh, Texas edge out Texas, Texas 72 70. Marcus Carr had 20 points for uh, mm-hmm. it was a strange game for Texas. It was a strange game. You know, for the last like five minutes, it was a foul, but then you know, Texas missed some shots, but yeah, Tech, you know, came back and missed on the other end too. So it was sort of like one of those weird <laughs> those last few minutes, but you know, Texas, Texas pulls it out. And uh, look, I know they've had a pretty uh, tumultuous last couple of months, of course, you know, what happened with Chris, Chris Beard and that, you know, and that whole you know, incident. And such, but you know, give interim, you know, mm, give, give the interim, interim coach some credit because, like, he had to keep it together. And look, that's not mm-hmm. easy. Rodney Terry, who I'm sure a lot of your know, people, you guys remember him. So it, it, it's definitely, you know, look, Texas got a, a solid veteran squad to kind of keep up with this. So hopefully, I'm sure Texas can be right up there with Kansas and Baylor and K State and TCU. It's going to be a dogfight in the Big 12. Yeah, uh, going to the ACC after beating North Carolina last Wednesday, uh, number 13, uh, Virginia Cavaliers uh, continue to roll. Uh, they 
beat Florida State 67-58. And Mr. Amon Franklin was the man for the Cavaliers, 20.7 rebounds. Well, uh, Cam Corrin for, for the Seminoles had 15 points. Lakina, I know we talk about Duke. And I know they're starting to get it together. I know we talk about North Carolina there, the national runner-ups from mm-hmm. a year ago. But don't forget about Virginia now. Uh, they could put a scare into uh, the ACC, the top dogs in the ACC as well. I know they've been up there for the last couple of years. I know they got their championship mm-hmm. finally a couple of years ago. But uh, this is still more than a competitive team there. Uh, uh, they, they could be right there amongst the big dogs in the ACC. Yeah, they're actually scoring points. They're scoring more than 50 points. You know I mean? They, <laughs> they've averaged about like 62 points a game. So, uh, yeah, I think they've totally you know, changed their mindset of it. And, you know, not just defense, but also scoring as well. So, you know, I commend Tony Bennett for, you know, it, he's done a great job. You know, keep sustaining that uh, tradition there. Now, Vanderbilt. Yeah, Lamont has a comment for us about that court you was talking about, I think, from Oregon. Yeah. He said that court is as bad as the as old, as old. Uh, 3D Toronto Raptors court. <laughs> yeah, but at least co- yeah, but at least it was colorful, though. At least that court was colorful. You know, that that yeah. you know, that court was just like it, it's kind of Oregon is kind of rough. I know I know that's by design, but still it's still kind of rough to uh watch here. Uh Vanderbilt, nice win for Jerry Stackhouse and his guys. Uh they upset Arkansas uh 67 uh, 58. Uh, no, no, I think I got no, I got that <laughs> I got that uh wrong. Talk about 97 84. I said they scored higher than that because I watched the game, but uh yeah. Uh, but it was a nice showing by um, by Vanderbilt. I know the people at Vanderbilt. I know it's it's hard to win at Vandy because you don't have the, the resources and such. But mm-hmm. the Carclier is showing that over the football program that you can do it. You know, if you you, you commit to it and you know put your mind to it. So hopefully, Jerry Stegall is going to be a start of a little turnaround for him. Uh, NC State, you know, they're wrapping up a nice little resume. They edge out Miami 83-81 in overtime. So a nice a nice win for NC State. They're putting together a nice little uh, turning resume coming up. And uh, Wisconsin uh, lose to Indiana. Now, Indiana really needed that win desperately. And I know yeah. like, Mike Woodson's getting – yeah, Mike Woodson's going to get it from a lot of the folks there. And uh, Latrace, Jackson, Davis at 18 points. So I think it's because, you know, Wisconsin strove for the three-point line. So I think that's kind of <laughs> yeah. Wisconsin struggling tournament. here a little bit. They lost to Illinois on the road last week. Uh, they mm-hmm. um, not, not uh, uh, the previous weekend. Like, like yeah, and then yeah, and then now they lose at Indiana at at, at Bloomington. Uh, like you said, Mike Woods, we saw what he did last year, uh, making a run late in that Big Ten tournament, and then uh, what getting into the Big Dance. Uh, Indiana, even though they two and four in the Big Ten, eleven and six overall. Uh, I think they starting to uh, turn around here too. So watch out for Indiana as well. As we said before, uh, this Big Ten will probably be more competitive this year than it was uh, last year, and last year was stacked heavy as well. Absolutely, it should be a like the Big Ten is nice and deep, so it's going to be like I said, it's going to be a slugfest to win that conference as well. Creighton, you know, they're starting to get back on track a little bit in the Big East. Yeah, they beat Providence seventy three sixty seven. Florida, you know, beat the fighting Mike Berman. It's not a good week for uh, his uh, Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, they lose to Florida, 73-64. Auburn, number 21 Auburn, Ed, uh, pulled away from Mississippi State, 69-63. Uh, Carlson Charleston, look, if you don't know about Carlson Charleston, I sure I, know, I don't know if Lamont, everybody Lamont knows of it, but they're, they've got a senior latent squad, so that's why they're near the top right now. They beat Elon, 78-60. Uh, and uh, I saw a little bit of this game, you know, but New Mexico pulled away from the, from number 23, San Diego State, uh, 76-67. Uh, Jalen House had 29 points for uh, for the Lobos and a nice win for uh, Mr. Uh, Richard Bettino, uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. in that program. So, like I said, Mountain West Conference is going to be uh, very interesting there. 
And a couple other scores from Saturday's games. Uh, number 24, Duke, as we talked about earlier, Lakina, they lose a close one at Clemson, 72-64. to Duke is 13-5 on the season overall. They're 1-3 away from Cameron Stadium. Of course, Clemson, 15-3 overall, a perfect 10-0 at home for the Tigers. And, of course, uh, DePaul loses another close one to Seton Hall at Wintrust, 71-67. Remember, Clemson is now the top. You know, they're undefeated in the ACC right now. So, you know, might be might be good to take a look at Clemson here, but we'll see. They got a tough uh, schedule coming up this week. Uh, Sunday's games, real quick before we go into schedule, St. John's upset uh, Connecticut 85-74. Nice showing. Uh, you know, a good one for Mike Anderson that program. Cause they, they need something, and they did on the road, too. That's not, you know, easy to do in Connecticut. So mm-hmm. they got a nice win to kind of, you know, maybe freshen up that attorney resume. Uh, Xavier beats Marquette, and that was a thrilling game too, eighty to seventy six. That should that was a fun one. Uh, Michigan beat uh, Northwestern eighty five seventy eight. Yeah. So I guess all that talk about perhaps maybe uh, Northwestern going to the tournament. I guess we can stop that for right now because they've lost. Yeah, the even though they're twelve and five, uh, yeah, the, the, it, it can stop uh, temporarily. As we said on right. Friday, Lakina, Michigan uh, needed this win because of their last game. Yeah. They lost to Iowa on the road in overtime. So this is a a great bounce back win for Jawan Howard and crew. And Kobe Buffkin had twenty points off of nine and eleven shooting. And then this is something that Northwestern fans should pay attention to. Uh, that's a, a the Wildcats are a great defensive team, but yeah, you need some scoring to win. And if you don't get that, you're not gonna be uh, you're not gonna win many ball games. Yes, defense can keep you in it, but who should go to score? Who's gonna be that second banana? And that's what's facing Northwestern right now, even though they are twelve and five. Yeah, they need to freshen up that resume as well. I know some people have been uh, wanting to maybe perhaps be able to put Northwest in the tournament at the very least, but I think mm-hmm. they need to kind of you know, slow down on that for right now. Like I said, for right now, I mean, that that could change. Uh, Memphis beat Temple and uh, Iowa beat um, Maryland. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, also a special shout-out to uh, Antoine Davis. Now, the name doesn't sound familiar. He plays for Detroit's. Detroit Mercy, I should say, and uh, they beat Robert Morris, eighty-seven seventy-five. But Mr. Davis actually uh, garnered the has gotten the most threes in NCAA history, Div- Division One history, I should say. You know, his record say five hundred and ten three-point field goal was his eighth of that game. He, you know, he ended. Up, I think he ended up shooting like nine. So uh, Mike Davis, of course, you guys remember uh, from Indiana. We used to coach mm-hmm. Indiana. That's his. That's his dad. That's his son, Antoine. That's his son. So he's coaching him right now at Detroit. So. A nice, you know, little, you know, let's give a little bit of love there too. You know, that, that's not an easy stat to try to be a three point, you know, <laughs> that that's a lot. So yeah, so that's one of the reasons why he could went to uh, he could went, could went pro, he could have transferred, decided he wanted to stay and you know, you know break mm-hmm. the record with his dad coaching. So really cool. And I think Detroit's like they're the top of the Horizon League right now. I think they're like near the top, like in the second or third. <laughs> so they've got a shot to perhaps maybe win the tournament. They could probably go to the tournament this year too. So hopefully you'll be able to see him in, uh, you know, in person in March. Yeah, let's go to some of the college basketball games of note that will be taking place this week. Of course, we have a couple of games going on right now. Uh, Purdue, uh, number three, Purdue leads uh, Michigan State in uh, in East Lansing six to five right now. It's now nine to five as Purdue hits a three point shot. You can watch that game that's currently airing on Fox. Chicago's very old Jason Benetti is on the call with Bill Raftery, mm-hmm. so go check that out after you uh, list, finish listening to our show. Uh, in the uh, first game of that Fox doubleheader, MLK Day doubleheader, we saw Villanova get by Georgetown 77-73. to I know both teams are struggling. I saw Patrick Ewan's face uh, while we mm-hmm. – of course, while we were broadcasting the show. He looks lost, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know they it, had some issues the, uh, yeah. behind the scenes, but he right. uh, he looks like you just want to pass out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think he probably wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, they won the tournament, you know, during after the the COVID year, you know, in in twenty mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. But then, you know, like you said, some stuff we'll get to it. Some stuff happened like, afterwards. So yeah, that that's mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, now Florida Atlantic, another team, another uh, veteran team that's made their appearance in the top twenty five. This, this is their second time in their history. They play Western Kentucky at six o'clock on ESPNU. So you guys get to check them out and you know a little bit about them. Uh, see, we have another uh, team that's going through some hard times. Syracuse, you know, they're going through some pretty hard times. Rough times. Uh, they uh, play Miami six o'clock on ACC Network. Uh, Jim Beheim. I think. Don't ask if he's retiring. Do not ask him. He's not going to answer <laughs> those questions. Leave me alone. He's like, oh yeah, that ain't happening. But uh, going into tomorrow's matchup, well, Houston, the what, locally tonight, Lakina. Locally tonight, five o'clock on Big Ten Network. Uh, the final line I will try on the Minnesota to take on the ah. Golden Gophers. Um, Minnesota seven to eight. Of course, the line on the current three game winning streak at twelve and five. The line I they are a nine point favorite on the road. Yep, they are. So we'll we'll see how they do on in Minnesota. Uh, now tomorrow's games: Houston, mm-hmm. uh, Tulane, number one. That's six o'clock ESPN Plus. Uh, the Battle of the Sunflower State. You got Kansas and Kansas State. That should be a fun one at six o'clock on ESPN. First game there: Super Tuesday uh, doubleheader. Tennessee hoping to bounce back uh, from the loss to Kentucky. They play uh, Mississippi State. That's at six o'clock also on ESPN uh, two. Uh, let's see, Florida State Notre Dame at six on ESPNU. Let's see what else. Uh, Northern Illinois and, and Miami of Ohio. That's at six o'clock on ESPN plus. You can check out that game. Penn State Wisconsin at seven thirty. Clemson they're finally in the top twenty five. You just check them out against Wake Forest. Baylor at, at Texas Tech. That should be a fun one between those two teams. And San Jose State in New Mexico in the Mountain West eight o'clock on FS one. All right, going to Wednesday's action in top 25. Uh, 5.30 p.m. on FS1. Number 15, you call UConn will travel to see to Seen Hall. Uh, UConn's 15 and 4, while Seen Hall's 11 and 8. I think this is a bigger game for Seen Hall. They want to prove their resume to get into the tournament uh, in, in the next couple of months or so. Number 10, Virginia will host their insane rivals, the Virginia Tech Hokies. That's at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. That's on ESPNU. Uh, number 14, TCU will travel to uh, Morgantown to face West Virginia. Bob Huggins and crew. That's at 6 o'clock on Wednesday on the Big 12 slash ESPN Plus. Network number 16 Auburn will face LSU. That's on ESPN 2 at 6 o'clock. At 7:30, part of the Big East up doubleheader on FS1 for Wednesday. We'll have number A Xavier traveling to Chicago to take on the DePaul Blue Demons. Number 22, Providence and Marquette. That should be a fun one on CBS Sports Network and in the Big East. That should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Missouri, you know, the fight Mike Burroughs, as we call them. That's at eight o'clock on ESPNU. Hope, you know, hopefully teams hoping to bounce back. SC Network, I should say. Hopefully the teams will bounce back. From they've had didn't have a good week both these teams here so hopefully you know find the bounce back Oklahoma and Oklahoma State you listen this is Bedlam even without if, if it's not football this is hoops ESPNU your course Porter Moses <laughs> over at OU now OK State been playing pretty well too so it should be a fun one at ESPU at eight o'clock Northwestern and Iowa at eight o'clock on on Big Ten Network we'll see another which, tough test for the Wildcats we'll see which Wildcat teams show up there mm-hmm. Oregon and Cal that's on uh, the Pac-12 Network and uh, San Diego State hoping to bounce back from that loss to New Mexico we'll play Colorado State on the road and that game's on FS1 all right games of note from Thursday so we right wrap up the schedule for this week in college basketball these are the games of note from Thursday mm-hmm. the number 23 Rutgers will travel to Michigan State to take on Tom Izzo's crew in the Michigan Michigan State Spartans. If you're Michigan State, hope you can upset Purdue today and you'll uh, have momentum going to this game on Thursday. That's at that's at 5.30 p.m. Chicago time on FS1. Purdue will travel to Minnesota to face the Golden Gophers. That's on ESPN2 at 6 o'clock. 
And also, too, at 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus, uh, number 24, FAU will travel to Texas to take on the University of Texas San Antonio. At 8 o'clock, we'll have uh, number 6, Gonzaga, uh, hosting Loyal Marymount. At 8 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, we have USC traveling to Arizona to take on the 11th-ranked Wildcats. And at 9.30 on FS1 on Thursday, UCLA, the fifth-ranked team in the country, they'll take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, um, down there in the state of Arizona. Yep. So that's at nine thirty. Yeah, that's at nine thirty. We're not talking about another game that comes at seven thirty that you skip. Indiana, Illinois. That should be a fun one at seven thirty on FS One. Okay. Uh, should be a fun one. I know. Look, both you know, Illinois played very well. Indiana's coming off the big upset against Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. so it just should be a. We'll see which uh, Illinois team shows up. Uh, that that UCLA Arizona State game. um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay up to watch that. That should be a fun one. Bobby Hurley, you know, his guys are seven. I, I believe they're, they've got a solid record. So after a tough you know, start early this season, they've been kind of on a tear in the Pac-12. So we'll be interested to see what they do. And, of course, you know, USC versus Arizona hoping to bounce back. That'll be on Pac-12 Network at 8 as well. So also two calls of Charleston faces mom of that 6 o'clock. Not on TV anywhere. I'm sure it's going to be streaming somewhere. So you guys can check that out on your respective devices. And those are your, some of your key games from – uh, for College Wall this week, you listen to Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. But now, before we go to Old School TV Monday, got to talk a little bit Aussie Open real quick, Sid. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the men's side, of course, you know, Novak Djokovic is back. You know, they, you know, the the the, the, the tennis club in Melbourne actually lifted that uh, ban for non-vaccinated players. So he's I was going to ask you, did they lift that ban for him? Because I know lifted. he was very against it. Yeah, he, they lifted that ban. So, you know, okay. I think he plays tonight, actually. So, I think he plays tonight, so... I believe, I think I got to check their schedule for a second, but yeah, they, he plays tonight, I believe. So I don't know, maybe not till, no, tomorrow night, but cause of course the time difference, but you know, Rafa uh, won his match. I think he now has like the lead uh, with mo- most matches, you know, w- most grand slam matches uh, won at the Aussie open, I think. So, or I, th- I think overall, I'm not sure, but that should be a, uh, yeah, I think those two are probably going to be the favorite cast for Ruse, another guy that you know, could probably be up there as well on the women's side. You hope that Coco Goff, you know, she had a nice win her first round match uh, last night. Hopefully she can, you know, get it going and break through. I know Iris Rotek, I know she may have something to say about that. She won the three of the four Grand Slams last year. She lost in the hall in a warm-up tournament, so she may have mm-hmm. a little bit of a chink there. So we'll, we'll get if they get if they meet each other. I think they they might meet in the semi. So we'll see if Coco. I know I know the pre- the pressure's probably not on her yet. I'm talking about Coco Golf, but I think the pressure is probably you know building on her to kind of break through and get her first Grand Slam. Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, uh, with her. Any other news of note from that uh, f- from that tournament? Uh, not the most. Like I said, it's, it, it just started uh, today. Uh, uh, it okay. just started uh, last night, and of course, Francis Tiafo also won his first round match as well from the United States. So we'll see if he can you know break through and perhaps maybe win you know, at least get to the final of a Grand Slam. Maybe he can probably win, but it's going to be tough though. All those guys I mentioned. So we'll see what happens. All right, it's now time for Old School TV Monday, and we're going to do it in style for today, especially because it's MLK Day. And we're going to honor the um, the award-winning documentary series, Eyes on the Prize. That's right, mm-hmm. Eyes on the Prize, America's Civil Rights Movement, was an American television series and a 14-part documentary about the 20th century's civil rights movement in the United States. The documentary originally aired on the PBS network, and it also aired 
on uh, BBC Two in the United Kingdom. It was created and executive produced by Henry Hampton at his film production company, Blackside, and narrated by the great Julian Bond. The series uses archival footage, stills, and interviews by the participants and opponents of the moment. The title of the series is derived uh, from the title of the folk song, Keep Your Eyes on the Prize, which was used as an opening theme um, for each episode. This series won a number of Emmy Awards, Peabody Awards, and was nominated for an Oscar. A total of 14 episodes of Eyes on the Prize were produced in two separate parts. The first part, the Eyes on the Prize, American Civil Rights Years 1954 through 1965, chronicles the time period between the United States Supreme Court ruling uh, Brown versus Board of Education into the Selma um, Montgomery marches of 1965. It consisted of six episodes, which premiered in January of 87 and then concluded in February of 1987. The second part, Eyes on a Prize 2, which dealt with the racial crossroads from 1965 through 1985 and chronicled the time period from the Malcolm X assassination in 1964 through the 1983 election of Harold Washington, who was elected the first black mayor of Chicago. It consisted of eight episodes, which aired in January of 1990 and in, on March of 1990. The document was made widely available to educations on VHS tapes. Remember those Lakina back then? We're getting mm -hmm. old. <laughs> mm -hmm. And all 14 hours were re-released on DVD in 2006 by PBS Lakina. I'm for everybody uh, learning their history in other cultures. You can all do that at once. But if you are our age and older, you had mm -hmm. to watch this series, whether it was in class yep. or a class assignment, whether you were grade school at that time, where you were in high school or college. You know, you watched it. It aired every year, especially here in Chicago on Channel 11 WTTW. I think uh, YCC, which unfortunately no longer exists. Uh, right. I think it was aired on that channel too. So every year we had to, uh, uh, at, you know, you, you watch that program. And co uh, great comment by Lamasca. Great series, very informative. Such a great series to watch. Yes, it was. You learned everything about the civil rights movement, uh, all the other events that took place at that time. I know we're going to kind of go off the cuff a little bit, even though we're not a political show, but uh, all the changes that uh, the uh, stuff that we're watching right now, the groundwork will, was laid uh, during that time, even before then, so we won't go through everything on the no, timeline. No, no. It, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, yeah. like you learn a little bit more. I mean, look, I mm -hmm. first watched it, you know, I was you know, very young. We were both very young when it you know, was the, the first you know, part of the series was initially released. They mm -hmm. talked about, you know, the, the Freedom Riders and, you know, the lunch, you know, refusals and, and the, the Fayetteville night that they call them as, you know, those those nine students. I think they're like, I think they're like four or five of them that are still uh, with mm -hmm. us that they, you know, they integrated at Arkansas school. And it was one of those things where it was Definitely, you, you learned a lot more about the bloodshed that happened. Of course, the massacre with the bus boycott. They mentioned mm -hmm. Emmett Till and his, you know, brutal murder. It, it was definitely it made you it made you think, and it's unfortunate that there are certain certain folks. I won't I won't won't get into the political stuff, but there are certain mm -hmm. folks that kind of want that don't want this stuff to be acknowledged or be taught. This is the type of series that it covers everything, you know, and it gives you your know, interview with the people that were there, that they interview you know the, the black you know the Black Panthers you know earlier at the time, and then. They talk about you know uh, MLK. They going back to Martin Luther King, the assassination of him, Malcolm mm -hmm. X, also RFK. You know the allies, uh, you know white mm -hmm. allies that kind of helped them out. They 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 touch on that as well. And of course, they talked about um, of course you know Harold Washington in '83. You know become mm -hmm. the mayor here in Chicago. We're actually uh, elected new mayor right now in Chicago. Again, we won't get into that. They talked about some of the uh the poverty that happened in Miami and in some of the other mm -hmm. other uh, places, the massacre that happened. 
um, in the Democrat National Convention in Chicago. And look, they cover like all those things. And I think that this is something that everybody, not just blacks, but everybody, whether you're mm-hmm. white, Hispanic, what have you, everybody needs to, you know, to watch this series. And it needs to be coming. I know, I know, I think it's been remastered. I think I think it's on HBO Max. I think it's streaming on some on HBO Max. Yes, it's on Amazon it. Prime, I believe, HBO yeah. Max, and it's on YouTube yeah. as yep. well. You'll have to pay for it, but it, it's worth it. So yeah, all the episodes are available on all those on uh, platforms as well. So uh you have some time today, uh go and watch the whole series. Yeah, it's it's not a long series either. I think they're about mm-hmm. ninety each each person like about ninety minutes. So you know, it, well, it's not a, it's not a lot of time. You don't have to deal with commercials. It's, it's PBS, so you don't have to deal mm-hmm. with commercials. So you know, you have no excuse not to watch. And like I said, I think it's on Netflix too. I think I want to say as well. I thought I saw that somewhere too. So I mean, it, it's definitely one of those documentary series that needs to be, especially nowadays, it needs to be taught. People mm-hmm. need to learn about it. I know some people want to kind of. It's part of history, whether you like it or not. Yes, it's exactly. not a good part. It's not a good part about the hist- about history, but it's a it needs to be taught, and it, it's ugly, but it needs to be told, and people need to need it. And maybe maybe uh, young people can be a little more educated, also adults as well. Yeah, and and just to wrap up uh, right here, Lakina, on a happy note, uh, I was watching uh, TV One a couple of hours ago ago before we came on, and they aired the unsung series of the music and the movement. They were talking about the. Uh, uh-huh. Music from Mo- from the Motown era yes. and the Stax yep. Records eras from the '60s and '70s. I know they were starting to get into the hip hop uh, era when we came on, but most of those songs, especially from the Motown era, had hidden messages in there as well, mm-hmm. so they could uh, make money off their records. But they were talking about bringing uh, make, uh, bringing so- uh, social issues to the forefront. Also, you remember Motown. Uh, I know we can go all day about this, but uh, <laughs> they were known for making. Uh, love songs and people yep. um, uh, bringing everybody together, which was cool. Uh, but if you don't know the story, remember Marvin Gaye's what's going on. Remember yep. Barry Gordon didn't want him to make that record, let alone nope. release it. But after he saw the success of that, of that record uh, coming out, uh, Barry Gordon had no choice but to let Marvin Gaye almost do what he wanted to do because Marvin Gaye was going to the top at, at that time. But it was so much, uh, you had your balance back then uh, with the music, of course, with early hip hop hop as well. But I really enjoyed this series, uh, which uh, TV one did about a year or so ago about how music really pr- plays a role, not just in our black culture, but in America culture as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that is, that doesn't need to be lost with anybody. I think music and sports have a, a great, going back to coming in back to sports. I mean, mm-hmm. they have a great way of kind of like, you know, making people come together and making you think. So, yes. and cheer. So I think, you know, with what's going on, especially with that you know, particular song, they actually ended up going to number one. I think it was number one for like five weeks, I, I believe, when it came mm-hmm. out. So, you know, I think Marvin Gaye knew what he was doing. So I know that yes. you know, Gore, Mr. Gordon did not want him to, to release that song and or even write it. But you know, look, look, look what happened. So uh, people still play it to this day, and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that 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 still has to happen. But you know, it is what it is. But uh, on a happier note, though, I mean, you know, look, I mean, this week is going to be very you know cool. You got you got a little bit of time off between now and uh and uh, the playoff games. You got the uh, the divisional uh, round games coming up. So you got some great college hoops action, some NBA as well. Um, you know, like I said, the uh, Bulls and Pistons will be playing on Thursday in Paris, so that should be a fun one. There, all you Bulls fans, you can watch it locally. You probably it's probably gonna be blacked out on NBA TV, I'm sure. So, everybody, look, enjoy the frills that you have, and don't take them for granted. Yes. Yeah, so, on that note, you can follow. So, we salute uh, the old school PBS series Eyes on the Prize. Now, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and Keena's from me on the IG. Don't forget to download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. 
Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Also, don't forget, we're also on Roku TV. So <laughs> if you know, just you know, go on your, your favorite or your app store, wherever you are, download Roku TV, you download Sports on Chicago, check out our show, Sean and Maya, uh, the Smoke Fellas. I don't know, I doubt I don't know if was up because gonna be on tonight. They probably won't be. I know Jason probably wants to take some time to mourn with his dolphins losing. So yeah, he probably, <laughs> probably wants to kind we of take you, some Jason. time. Love you. We love you too, Jason. We love you, Jason. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's probably doing some. A little bit of a period of mourning there with that, but uh, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, like I said, enjoy all the games, you know, don't take this day for granted or any day for granted, you know, folks. But uh, yes, you'll stay safe, you know, speak good to each other, and uh, enjoy the games, you'll come up this week. And we must, yeah, we must remind you, I know for the new folks that are still watching us right now, yes, you can catch us, Second City Sports, every Monday, every Friday, live in the Living Club from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Exclusively right here on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. Yeah, don't be a little like us. You'll tell your friends about us. And uh, look, we appreciate Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And look, we appreciate you guys too. Look, look, and don't be strangers too. I mean, look, yo, feel free. Like you said, you, we got, you got all different avenues to watch us, listen to us. So, and tell your mm-hmm. friends about us. Subscribe, uh, spread the word. All right, take us home. All right. Yes. You know, thank you, uh, Lamont, as always, for being our biggest supporters. We might we might have Lamont on at some point and maybe sit him with <laughs> us a couple, maybe sit him with us. So, you know, we never know. But, uh, you know, thanks, you know, Lamont. You continue to support. Tell your friends about us as well. So, Forrest said, I like here. Have a great day, everybody, and a great week as well. This has been Second mm-hmm. City Sports on Sports of Chicago. And, uh, of course, you know, Blackhawks lose uh, a tough one to the Kraken as well. We all figured uh, that was coming. We miss you, Andy Olchick. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I heard him. He, he sounded great. His son, you know, does a great job. Nick does a great job, too, on the call. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I, I miss those, too. But, yeah. You know, on a happier note, though, uh, <laughs> enjoy all the games, everybody. It's some great NHL action as well. Uh, well, we'll preview uh, the visual wildcard games coming up on you now Friday, of course. But, uh, mm-hmm. but look, like I said, be careful out there. Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Till Friday, holla. <laughs>